0: Well, MLS After Dark was not kind to D.C. United tonight um, as we fall 4-1 to the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, thanks for joining us, whether, you know, very, very early um, in the morning or later on in the podcast. You're, um, you're listening to Tried and True, the D.C. United post-game podcast prevent- presented by Heineken. I'm Sam Kasner, joined by Joshua Morgan and Michael Black um obviously you're used to hearing John Lee's voice opening the show he is on vacation I have a hunch that he timed his vacation to have to avoid the late night show we'll see if we let him back on next week um but for right now what did y'all think about that game as we wait for the press conference to get started
1: oof I think John got off easy not just in the late night recording but also in the viewing of this game I, I think he was following along a little bit but probably not as intently as we were trying to, uh, man, what a game, uh, a tough result for DC United. And I, I can't wait to break it down with you guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. This is a game that you, you went into and, uh, you know, both Joshua and I had you know, fairly negative expectations. Uh, you know, it's, it's a challenging situation, but yeah. to come out and frankly, hey, get folks outplayed exactly. and not really we'll have a whole soon. lot of ideas of what you're not trying to do.
1: Felipe. Go ahead and raise your hands now. Thanks. Yeah, we're getting
2: sounds like we're uh, <laughs> yeah, about to go to the uh, the press conference here. Uh, it's a frustrating night all around, and you never want to lose by three goals and give up four. It's uh, it's not what you want,
0: yeah. It was tough. Um, I, I, Black, I think you're right. I think we knew it was going to be tough going into tonight, especially after that lineup came out. <laughs> um, I was honestly surprised to see that we didn't use all what, four field player subs that we had available. Um, We'll definitely get into that later. But I don't know. I predicted a win. I think, I mean, Claudia predicted a win. Um, (laughs) I think we might have been the only ones who thought that we were going to get anything out of this game. And I'm excited to hear what Lasada has to say about it. Um, You know, it didn't, it felt like we were going to go for it in the pregame press conference, but it just, I don't know. We looked a little bit a step off tonight. It just, it didn't look like we were kind of clicking in the way I expected us to be progressing at this point.
1: Well, and that's kind of what the, the, you know, I system in San Jose tries to do. They do a man marking system, which is very weird. And Lasada talked about like, Oh, I saw this in Belgium a couple times. We'd learn how to play against it. But uh, San Jose are kind of a beast in that way. And not that Losada wasn't prepared, but on the night it looked like, yeah, the high pressure, or not, not super high pressure, but the man marking system that San Jose had, had our pressure kind of messed up. And that you could see that quite a few times with our, our defensive line sprinting back. And it, guys, it's never going to be good this year when you see Fred Riant at however <laughs> father time, as I'll call him, for the rest of the season sprinting back like that
0: especially against a 17 year old Cade Cowell who's I mean lighting this league on fire so far three games in um, lots of eyes are on him but yeah you're right I think this is one of those games that I I wish we had the opportunity as a podcast to kind of watch the game back before really getting into these analyze um before really analyzing them uh because a lot of times you know we're watching as fans we're really excited but I'd love to really watch those plays and how we broke down I mean I know the, what was it? The first, maybe second goal was very clearly a mistake on our end, but yeah, I'd like to see exactly what went wrong. Black, what do you think? On yeah, you, know, you had
2: the feeling of one of those goofy San Jose games that you're used to seeing over the years. You know, they're a team that can score a lot of goals and they can give up a lot of goals, you know, especially when we got that goal back, uh, you know, late in the first half and to make it 2-1. You, th- you thought that might be a turning point in the game where, you know, perhaps, you know, there could have been another four goals scored and you know have it ended up you know 5-4 game or something like that yeah but uh unfortunately it didn't really come off that way you had several errors uh you know i don't think you can pin it on any one person uh, the defense across the board was frankly poor tonight uh and you know you had a, a little bit of attacking presence uh uh you you definitely tried to play direct uh but definitely failed to finish chances too. So when you have that kind of combination, it's going to be difficult to win no matter who you're playing.
1: Yeah, it, it, it did. Especially like, we, like you said, Black, when it was 2-1, I started, you know, always same as the outward optimist, <laughs> but I think all de- deep down we're always optimistic and want DC United to claw their way back in the games and uh, listen to Dave, be so happy about it. And I believed it. I thought 2-1 may, Hey, maybe, you know, we grab one of these next goals and it becomes more, you know, and we start to break down their man marking, uh, but yeah, it didn't. And, and I think a lot of our breakdowns were down to, I don't know, kind of our own doing as well. Sam, you talked about like watching it back and, and getting analysis and, and seeing that we'll probably do that later in the week, but yeah, just initially, I think, I think Nyman had a good game, but also he looked kind of out of sync with DC United's pressure. Uh, I think, uh, again, Breant should not be the one sprinting back by himself. They're, they're, one of those two midfielders has to be there to help out, uh, Especially since our center backs get super wide, uh, when we're in possession.
0: You saw Nyman though kind of making that run back in one of them, it was the off the goal save, and honestly I was I was happy that he had the presence of mind to get behind sights, but I was also really frustrated with him because he did not do a very good job of following his mark and, you know, really putting pressure on him so it didn't get to the point where he was having to save the ball off the line. And I think yeah, you're... go ahead, Black.
2: Yeah. When you look at the highlights later of the week, you're going to see that save off the line. And, uh, but you, but you're right. You, you find yourself in a position where sites was having to go one on one several times and, you know, say what you will about, you know, Chris sites, you know, he's not a top, top tier keeper in this league and he's not going to make every save there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't put really any of the goals solely on him, but, uh, Not a great night when your keeper was in four. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What did you all think of the difference in halves? Obviously, we didn't start super well in the first half, conceding very quickly. But I noticed a definite drop-off in that second half. And again, I'm interested to hear what Lasada has to say, potentially, about what he said to the guys in the locker room. But what did you all notice?
1: Uh, You you think you saw a drop-off from D.C. United in the second half? I I thought the game kind of mellowed out in San Jose – I don't know. They were breaking a lot against us in the first half, and we were getting caught on that. Maybe they weren't trying. I don't know. I didn't I didn't think I, – I thought there was a chance for DC United, and, and Devin McTavish kind of talked about it. I thought they could have gotten one back from a set piece or something and made it 3-2 and then made it somewhat of game. But, yeah, then it ends up going the other way. Sorghum misses a sitter and they a, and a counterattack and, and score the fourth. Um, so I, I don't know if the second half was worse than the first half for me. I, I don't know. What do you think, Black?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think either half was great. Yeah, I think, you that's know, the if, right answer. I'm you know, really you're going into depth on analysis here. Uh, but, you know, when you have San Jose in a situation where they're comfortably ahead. They don't really have to push it. Uh, they're not really going to be too frustrated by the high press that DC United is trying to play. And you know, we've heard a lot of talk about it. you're not going to be going in that high press all the time. Uh, frankly, I didn't think they were able to maintain it through that second half you weren't creating sync opportunities and San Jose wasn't going to put you in a position to it. They were perfectly happy to sit back a little bit and then hit you on the counter. That's how the fourth goal happened. Uh, it just, it it was not a situation where you were ever really thought that DC was going to get back in the game. You would have liked to see perhaps a slightly different approach, but it's very clear that this team is still figuring out how to make the system work. And it's frustrating, but, uh, I'm still going to give them plenty of time to, to sort it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I was noticing in the second half that San Jose was sitting back because they were able to. They were very comfortably up, and we perhaps had better chances trying to counter them. At least it felt like we were really on the front foot and had a lot more energy. And in the second half, Black, to your point, we are still learning the system. You could see... Passes not right to players, passes where they thought other players were going to be running. You can see that it's just not quite there yet. And in the second half, the fact that San Jose was sitting back more, maybe that just kind of exasperated the issue and we just could never really get a rhythm.
1: Uh, yeah, we couldn't get a rhythm the whole game. And and, and there's a lot of questions uh, for that front group. Uh, I, I've been you know, <laughs> making more and more remarks about it. Uh, the, Sorga finally got his first shot of the season uh, in this game, uh, despite starting the first three games, and, and it was an open goal. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the thing. And he didn't <laughs> score. He didn't score. But uh, none of the front three. Uh, the, the only one, the only forward I think that has a shot besides uh, Sorga tonight uh, was hey Ford. Hey, coach it's Zach, can you hear me? Oh,
3: hey Zach. All right, we're gonna head hey, over
0: Steve. to the DC United press conference now.
1: Great. All right, folks, let's go ahead and get started. We'll go to Steve Goff first, Steve. Go ahead, man.
4: Hi, Hernan.
2: Uh, how would you assess the match tonight, which obviously got off to a very bad
3: start? I don't think you can ask more to this team at this moment. Uh, like you say, a bad start. After two minutes, we were losing. But uh, I had the feeling, and now after the game, watching the statistics, that the game was was never three goals difference and there were many key moments moments that decide the game like the two first mistakes we make in the first and the second goal uh after being 2-1 uh, down we had a set piece uh with junior moreno that should score the 2-2 two, two, and from that counter they almost scored the 3-1 uh, they scored a a Champions League goal uh, the third one outside the 18 yard box. And you go to the halftime with a 3-1 situation. While honestly, I, I, I didn't saw on the field a two-difference goal after 45 minutes. And of course, then you play a little bit all or nothing. You have a chance with an empty goal to, to score the 2-3 and two minutes later, 4-1 and the game is over but um once again i don't think you can ask more to to these uh, 14 field players we had today uh, in san jose and and we keep uh, pushing from the physical part and from the mental mental part and and some of them are giving their the, their max some of some of them still can improve um but okay when you lose the way you lose today with so many scoring chances with so many attempts to to go uh, with more possession than than the opponent playing here at San Jose. Uh, I think there's still many, many positive things to keep on building up, knowing that that uh, we have limitations. Um, and hopefully in the future, uh, when we recover some guys and some soldiers, everything will will be better. We'll
2: go to Jason Anderson.
1: Hi, uh, uh thanks for
2: speaking with us. Um, you made the double substitution at halftime. Uh, what were you looking to change uh, by bringing uh, Felipe and Perez in, and, and did you get that out of them?
3: Well, basically, we, we practice and we show a million clips during the week, knowing that you play against an opponent who likes to do, to be 1v1 all over the field, and it's about uh, winning those battles, those 1v1 battles. and. Many moments during the first half, half, I have the feeling that there was, for some players, a lot of ground in front of them to drive with the ball, to just challenge the space, to take more risk. And we were scared and, and, and looking to give a pass when you have like 20 yards in front of you to drive with the ball and and, and force something. And uh, on the final turn we need to get better. I mean, we scored today again on the set pieces. A situation, but uh, field goals. Uh, we have so many difficulties to score. Nevertheless, we create enough scoring moments and scoring opportunities to, to score more than one goal. So, with both changes, I was expecting expecting uh, more drive and more energy and, and a lot of more risk on the final thirds. Um, so that was the intention. Very happy with the minutes that Felipe and, and Andy Najar and uh May today, knowing that they're coming from far, uh, they can be important players for us in the future. So that's that's another positive uh, item tonight after this big defeat.
2: We'll take a couple more questions. We'll go back to Steve Goff. And a few of the guys have injuries from you know last season or before the season but there have been a lot of players getting hurt um, the last six or seven weeks. Why Why do you think there's been so many injuries?
3: Uh, every player is different. So I cannot tell you now the 14, 13 different situations we have. Um, like I told you, I told you before the first game that this group was was not fit enough. They came back from four months uh, off-season totally unfortunate fit, many with overweight. Uh, Nobody had control over what the players were doing during those four months. And some of them are paying the price. But uh, 60, 70% of the injuries are injuries from the past. Injuries that you could avoid with individual programs, checking the physical tests that they did to attack those weaknesses, players who have problems in the past. So... To be honest with you, the two cases we have this week are special cases, because uh, uh, to go to the case of Russ, Russ had his second vaccine on Tuesday, and on Wednesday was feeling very bad. Uh, we had a hard session on Wednesday, and probably had make a, uh, a contra effect or a bad effect. And, and on Thursday, on, on our very light session, after giving a pass, he felt something on the adductor. With uh, Roberta, it was exactly the same. Uh, so feeling something in his hamstring after an MRI, they they found that was an, an old injury from three years ago, a scar tissue that he has from the past. Those kind of things uh, can happen. but. Uh, Um, To be honest with you, I'm not planning to change uh, the way we are training or the way we are working. Other departments that need to change and need to adapt to our way of of work, not the other way around. Uh, I get to to make a change uh, and not to keep on doing the things we have been doing for the last 10 years. So uh, i tell you to be honest uh, still in this hard defeat for one i see many many positive things and i'm sure that when the guys are coming back and some of them are getting closer uh, we will get stronger but um, unfortunately all the special cases uh, uh, are happening in, in this united and we have many players that are out of the field for months and, and close to, to join the
1: group. So that's a big
3: concern that we need to fix. We'll take so one more question. Fix- we we'll to Mario Amaya. Hola, Hernan. I want to ask you about the injuries that the team has had lately, or the bajas that the team has had por lesión. ¿Cómo has sentido que ha sido el rendimiento del del club, del equipo en en las prácticas y durante los partidos? Mira, hagamos un análisis de los tres primeros partidos. Jugás contra New York City, que luego de nuestro partido gana 5 a 0, y hoy gana 0 a 2 en Filadelfia. Entonces te das cuenta que le ganaste a un muy buen oponente, un oponente que tiene en papel mucha más calidad que nosotros. Luego vas a New England y terminás perdiendo por un gol en contra. New England hoy le gana a Atlanta. Entonces te das cuenta que hiciste un partido muy parejo contra un oponente que es, en papel, más poderoso que nosotros. Y hoy venís a San José y generás un montón de situaciones de gol y tenés algunos momentos claves durante el partido que podrían haberte puesto otra vez en el juego y en el resultado y terminás perdiendo contra un rival que en papel es más fuerte que nosotros. Así que el balance es más que positivo y tener tres puntos de nueve, habiendo jugado con tres rivales que en papel eh, son más fuertes que nosotros, bueno, con todas las bajas que tenemos y con el plantel tan acotado con el cual contamos en este momento, creo que el balance es más que positivo. Coach, thank you. That's all. Appreciate it. Yes. Have a good
0: night. Bye. Hats off to (laughs) Hernan Lazada right there, going off. um, There's a lot in what he just said that I would love to unpack. Obviously, um, we're gonna hear from Felipe next, so we can't get too into it. But um, I loved that response to uh, Goss's question, which or Goff's question, excuse me, which was. A little bit leading you know asking why are all these players getting injured and and not on one off he said it's not my fault these players came to me <laughs> unequipped yeah, yeah, yeah. to play soccer essentially and then he kind of went off and said there are a lot of different departments here that need to change the way they're doing things he i love how he took that and really stood his ground what do y'all think
2: yeah the, the injury discussion is interesting i mean obviously when you've got basically half your roster unable to even make the trip, you know, you've got issues and you know, they vary across the board, but, you know, I think we saw something, you know, in, I think it was the athletic piece this week where uh, Paul was talking about how in a different year he would probably be already, you know, back and you know, available for selection, but Hernan really demands that players be at top fitness ready to go before they are able to get out there, which I think you're seeing with uh you know just how short we are on players on the field, but it's definitely you know, he he said it himself, you know, players came in overweight and you know, I don't I he didn't know what exactly. they were doing for those me? few months yes. during the offseason. All right, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Yeah, I we'll, we'll have we'll Black Steve. will
0: definitely get into it, but we're going to Felipe now.
4: hey Felipe, thanks for your time. Um oh, first man. Man.
2: Yeah, man, how, how do you look at the team um, after this match? Obviously, a, a bad start. Um, a lot of players are missing. Uh, you came back, Andy's back now. But where do you think this team stands right now with uh, everything that's
4: going on? The same way we stand before this game. I think we, we have a big belief in this team. Obviously, we, we don't look at excuses. We don't look at what, what is missing, but what we have right now. And what we have, to be, to be fair, it was a great week. We prepared so good for this game we felt very good but again the first 15 minutes we we punched in punch and that you know throws away all the preparation and obviously after the goals we the confidence need to continue to be high we continue to push we score even after the second goal we score a goal and we're in the game uh, I talked to Sorga right after the game and I said the next time we gotta put the guy and the inside the goal and break the net, because if he scored a goal, we're still in the game. And until the last minute, um, we we keep believing. That's the way we are. That's the way we look at things. We we don't look at the negatives and we don't start to to point excuses. We we know where we're going. We don't worry about and we're gonna to continue to push.
1: We'll go to Jason Anderson.
2: Hi, Felipe. I know it's a tough night after a loss to talk about something that personally was good. Um, how do you feel after finally getting to actually play in a competitive game, and how do you think you did on the night?
4: Um, I, I feel like I never left. You know, that's that's my team. That's how I feel. I feel like home every single day with the, the boys. And, you know, I, I tried my best. I tried my best to, to make the team have more possession to, to start more belief to, to get the, the team up the field, but I don't look only at myself. I don't To be fair, I don't care about me coming back today, but about we lost and we got to look at me like uh, I was one of the players that played for the past uh, three games and that's we're going to look do, during this week to get ready for Columbus and let's forget about my comeback and it's time to look at the team and what we can do better because now I'm back and
3: you know, nothing we need to continue to talk about. We'll go to Jose Umania. Jose. You know, you being out there, you know, what were your thoughts on the team's midfield and its defensive being out there and how San Jose
4: plays, and how do you feel you guys handled that today? I At any moment, we could score. I think we had the... good moments that we went forward and we had opportunities as I said until 3-1 we had the chance with Eric and if we scored that goal we tied again you know I think the guys it's believing every single second that we're on the field and we're going to continue to grow you know we everyone can be negative about it but we are so focused on what we are about and where we want to go that we don't let the noise bother us when I mean, we don't look at excuses. we look at ourselves we we'll, go we go back we don't sleep at night especially tonight after loss but you're going to go back and work hard to go to cones and get your points
1: yeah that's it no more questions appreciate it all good night good night guys
0: all right and that's the uh, end of the dc united press conference there for us um again a lot to go i want to take us first though to sorga because he Felipe essentially just called him out he said he went and talked to him after the game and said you need to put that away and it changes this game and then um Lasada also a little bit called him out saying you know we had an opportunity in front of a wide open net and then we get scored on you know I think that says a lot that he was kind of brought up twice in the press conference I was super critical of him during after that first game and he has done absolutely nothing to change my opinion what do y'all think
1: i i think what Felipe said is is so true you you just have to put everything you can on that ball and, and blast it in the net uh because then no one can stop it you can't slide in at the last minute as a defender and block a, a shot with any kind of real pace on it. it it's either just it's just gonna deflect and go in anyway um it, it's tough yeah, you... go ahead black
2: no i, I agree you've got to put it on target you've got to get it off the ground. I mean, you saw that a bit with the, the goal that was scored by of Faro, like just hit it really hard <laughs> and it found its way through a couple of San Jose guys and found its way to the back of the net. Uh, I mean, you don't want to, you know, hit it so hard that you're going over, like certain prominent San Jose players have been known to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the, the criticism is well-deserved. But at the same time, you didn't have
1: another option at Ford. Yeah, you you um, did though. Well, Kamarni Smith has been looked at. Is that what you're? I'm
0: yeah, I'm absolutely talking about Kamarni Smith. He played lights out. He scored so many goals in the preseason, and I know that you oh. know preseason is a beast of its own. But I'm shocked. Sorga has been playing badly. He cannot connect oh. passes. He's not making good runs. He is not putting shots on goal. Like I think it's absurd that he's getting the amount of minutes he can, and that Kamarni Smith has not gotten any type of look this season.
1: I I, I trust Lesada there. I think, look, uh, that was a lesson by a veteran MLS player to a very young striker. Hey, next time you got to bury that. Um, and this is why, and this is how you should do it. And, and maybe this is the growing pains for Sorga. You know, we, he came in, he did, didn't really get a full season last year. Uh, he was supposed to bounce back and forth between Loudon, but he wasn't really allowed to. So maybe these are growing pains I, I'm not pleased with his performance in the first three games, especially given the the chances we talked before the season about equity in minutes at the striker position. Like who are you investing that time in? And I, I said, it should not be Ola Kamara because he showed last year that despite the time we gave him, he wasn't the same player he was before. And, and maybe he does get some more looks down the line whenever he's healthy. If he other, you know, hopefully he does get healthy, but yeah, the, the equity and minutes that we've given Sorga and he's put off, and he's had one shot uh, at, at goal. And, and it was a the, pass. It was, was not it, a shot. And it's the one that he just had to get lectured on by both the coach and the midfielder. I don't know, but who knows that maybe this is what makes him a, you know, a DC United player. And, and the one that we, you know, in a few years we could all be eating our words because Sorga bags. I would love it.
0: I, I, this season, next game, if yeah. against Columbus, he scores a hat trick, right? I will gladly, I mean, not eat my words because I'm saying he's been playing poorly the past three games. And yeah. I think that's just fact, but I would love for him to step it up and really do some damage in front of goal. Black, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously want to see success there. And I, I am very curious what's happening in practice that Kamara Smith isn't getting a look, even for, like, to say would have been an opportunity when you're down four goal or four to, three, four to one. Uh, you can't really get a whole lot worse. So why not uh, run the kid out there? <laughs> uh, it, it does seem a bit curious, but I'm sure they had their reasons. Maybe, maybe there's, uh, I'm not even going to speculate, but uh, definitely not what we need there
0: yeah and I think that's my point like Swerger just wasn't doing it today you could see that he was off so why not give Smith 20 minutes at the end of the game when you really haven't had momentum it really doesn't look like you're going to come back into it and just see what the kid can do out there
1: Maybe they have seen. I don't know. We're not in the training session. You're right. So, so I just. Oh,
0: uh, I want to. I
1: trust there. I, I think he's always looking. I think he trusts the youth players. Moses Nyman got the start basically by default, but he was given a lot of time on the game. I, but I want to also talk about uh, Look, last season, the theme was that Yamil Assad was in John's uh, doghouse. <laughs> and, and I think we made the joke a couple weeks ago or maybe last week that, you know, maybe. Maybe Asad is out and you know Flores is in, but I, I think we might have to build a double-decker or, or something. <laughs> uh, neither of them really providing much uh, of anything. Uh, Flores had some shots off tonight, but none of them really seemed – I mean, it's hard to judge when, when the shot goes into the stands afterward whether it was like a true opportunity. I, I've, I've yet to see him hit one of those, really. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I didn't see – a lot from those two guys and ernan talked about how this game statistically wasn't that big of it wasn't 4 one on the stat sheet which i mean the stats yes the goals are on the stat sheet but <laughs> everything else possession wise shots on target uh, you know shots total even possession. yeah like i said possession but yeah we, we weren't supposed to win possession and we were close again tonight so i, I don't know I, I think when you have games like that where it's close you're you looking to those players who have that little bit of something else to make the little bit of something else happen,
0: and I th- I think that player that we're missing right now is Bill Hamid, right? There were sites had a very rough night tonight, and yes, there were a lot of times when the defense did not have his back, but he should have saved maybe three of those four goals. Um, I'm super disappointed with the night he had. I I, I
1: yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see on like average average goalkeeper probably gets a hand or two to some of those. I think Bill Hamid. Absolutely I'm saves on a- Always on top. I think he does get it. But Bill Hamid is a freak of nature. <laughs> um,
0: but, I mean, we're missing. You said, you know, you need those players that kind of make something out of nothing. And typically you're talking about the field players. But, I mean, we saw last season that Bill kept us in games we had no room being in. I don't want to um, go back
1: to that. No, <laughs> I, don't
0: wanna, I don't want to either. But how about us staying in games when we do belong in them right if this is a game that on the stat sheet we were pretty even why is it down to the goalie right like I'd rather have Bill in there saving our butts
2: yeah and, and we talked about it before you know I'm very much of the opinion that Bill Hamid is worth about a goal game and if this game ends up 3-1 and or Sorgo manages to put it in the back of the net late the 3-2 maybe it feels like a fair result based on those statistics that the coach was talking about afterwards but uh yeah looking, looking through the youtube chat there's our favorite conversation about the uh the role that flores is playing in the in the squad and frankly another disappointing day from him today you didn't see a whole lot of what you would expect from an expensive uh, dp signing what do y'all think
1: i i think it's tough uh, and matt doyle from MLSoccer.com has talked a little bit about it but uh, Zellerion, you know, the guy that basically won Columbus Crew and MLS Cup in the final last season, was playing in Liga Mackey, and so was Flores. And Doyle said that Flores would probably be the player that you would go after, uh, looking at them when they were both playing in Liga Mackay So, uh, it's tough, uh, because I, I think... They're, they're being asked different things like Zeller plopped down into a team that has a good base, a striker that can finish. And, and he's really thrived there. Flores is being asked, well, he got here and, and COVID happened. COVID happened for Zeller too, but uh, the coaching change and, and you know, all, all the stuff, you didn't have a striker, a striker, you know, crisis. I would say we have like seven guys now and none of them have goals of this <laughs> season. Um, but I don't know. It's it's tough. I I want to give Flores the benefit of the doubt, but but he's got to start doing it on the field for me.
0: What is that? Just like a theme of D.C. United that we have these players who are supposed to play phenomenally, but then you pop them into a little bit of a struggling team and they can't pick the team up. Because as you were talking, I thought, yeah, it sounds like you're talking about Kressel as well, <laughs> and he again had a pretty poor night tonight. I think a lot of his crosses did not meet the beat the first man I was super frustrated that he was taking shots from 20 yards behind the 18 yard box that really just rolled into the keeper um I I didn't think he had a good game tonight but he's another one that you know is supposed to play really well and did really well in Atlanta and then you popped him in here and where the team is struggling a little bit and he's I guess we just have a bunch of players maybe who aren't the types of guys that put teams on their backs I don't know if that's it, fair.
1: I, I think if you look at the stats, Flores and Gressel are by far our best players. And if you look at the heat maps and where the shots and crosses are coming in from, it's their side. So maybe it's a little bit predictable. If if I was a San Jose coach this week, I would have said, we're just going to defend the, the left side of our defense every day in practice. Because that's all you have to do. Like, we aren't really threatening. From, Yamil hasn't put anything dangerous in. And we know More, Mora, more yeah. Mora hasn't really either uh gressel should have had an assist tonight. uh we talked about the sword thing in peace but i, I don't know it, it, yeah at some point you do have to change the team like one of these players needs to step up but the, the unit is so broken right now i think with all the injuries and you know everything that's been going on for them just a, a tactical change and to two pretty tough road games early on in the season i'm not freaking out yeah
2: and you you heard from both coach lasada and from felipe talking about you know trusting the system you know building what you're trying to build and kind of that next man up mentality but frankly it's hard to have that kind of approach and say oh we're going to play our system when none of these guys have played that system before you can't just expect people to slot in and you know keep going when you don't really have a, a great grasp on how it's supposed to work. You, you see it in flashes, uh, less so tonight, I think. Uh, yeah, you, you're still missing that quality in the, the final third, and you know, I think you're, you're seeing a much more mature version of the system in San Jose, and that's why they were able to put together several quality goals. I mean, our goal came off a corner, yeah, it wasn't you know, run of play, it wasn't uh, you know, system creating it, uh, it was a corner and, you know, those goals count just as much. But uh, if you're not creating chances, you're not going to put it in the back of the net.
0: Yeah. And it, it was interesting to me because going into this show, I thought, yeah, that you could tell off the corner that it was another one off the practice field, right? Obviously they're practicing set pieces. So I thought, oh, I wonder if they're really focusing on set pieces because they know that that's where the goals are going to come from as they're learning the system. And then once everybody gets more comfortable playing as a team and pressing together, that's when we can expect more goals happening within the run of play. And then Lasada comes on and he's very frustrated that we have not had any goals from the run of play, which obviously blows my theory out of the water. So did you all were you all struck by when he made that comment?
1: I mean, everything from his ethos so far makes me think that he's not satisfied with, you know, bunkering for most of the game and scoring off of set pieces, which is what we're used to. And I'm not saying that's what, what, yeah, but yeah, that's not what I was
0: expecting. I more meant as we're learning and that final pass isn't like there was one, I don't remember who did it, but it was, it was a through ball to Flores and it was just a little mm -hmm. too hard. And, you know, perhaps later in the season, you know the right pacing to put on that. And Flores just automatically knows to make that run because you could kind of see he was still looking behind him, waiting to see if the pass was even going to go through. So things like that where, you know, there there were moments in this game definitely when you could see what we were building up to and it just wasn't quite there. So while we're getting there, my thought was perhaps we're just going to rely on these set pieces.
1: I don't think that's an Enron's DNA. I, I think what, what we heard from him, like uh, kind of goes back to his golf answer about injuries. Like I'm not going to change... Um, the way I do things They, the other departments in our organization need to catch up and I am sure I, I think that might transfer over to how he wants to play the game I think I'm not going to change my style of play so that we can what scrape out a draw against San Jose on the road off a couple set piece goals we're going to play our own play and you guys can catch up I, I and I'd like that because that's more sustainable uh, because people will start defending set pieces against you and,
0: yeah and like
2: yeah and you know Looking at the other end of the, of the the field for on the defense, the first two goals were, frankly, very poor performance from the DC United back line. Yeah. You know, on, on that first goal, it felt like the Hinzike slid over, try to you know help out, and they just got overwhelmed. And uh, a great shot. I don't know if anyone gets uh, to that save, but when a man like that has enough space at the top of the box to hit a shot like that there is definitely a defensive failure and then the second goal brian got smoked uh, yeah. i don't know if he needs to you know commit a technical foul there or <laughs> or something but it was uh definitely like it, it almost seems like by the time he could have decided to commit the foul he was already uh you know off to the races and that's not a race that brian's going to win very often
1: yeah, I wonder how much the short bench is affecting the defense there, because I think they could have fouled, at least on the first one, and like you said, maybe on the second one they should as well. But when you know that the only defender you have on the bench is is the a right back who's coming back from an ACL injury, like you know that you can't you can't be on thin ice, and so you don't make those challenges. I wonder if that's a factor in it, and and, it, and it's worth noting that yeah, I don't know how old Brillion is anymore, but he's, he's father time for DCI's black line, and then we have two brand new center backs uh, who uh, Faro has played in this league before, and technically Hinds was drafted, but he, he went to Europe, um, but that the, they're but they're brand new, and, and I don't know if they're 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 starters at the end of the season. or no, I don't think this this set of three will be um, so. There's going to be some growing pains there, and you know, as as we get more solid in our you know, fitness, as Lasada would talk about it, or, or and our tactical understanding, I think we'll see a lot of improvement there. But yeah, it was yeah. pretty poor from the back line.
2: Yeah, and it was great to see Nahara back out there in black and red, or marble as the case was tonight. <laughs> uh, I did wonder a little bit if one of the reasons for pulling out of far was that he had a yellow card and with how thin you are at center back right now, if he had happened to pick <laughs> another one, yeah. uh, it, things start looking very bleak uh, looking at next week, but uh, he didn't really touch on that in the, in the post game. So we'll have to, to continue to wonder about that.
1: I, I think you're spot on there, Black. I I know that burn bombs is a little bit more long-term of a recovery. I, I'm not sure about pines, but I'm sure we'll find out about that in the midweek and uh, the, the pregame uh, press yeah. conference.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I really appreciated, it. And I wrote down the exact quote that Felipe said is we're not looking at what's missing. We're looking at what we have. Um, and you could tell he didn't want to talk about the players who were injured. And I mean, he was very frank that he didn't want to talk about himself coming back from injury, but you, you kind of can't ignore it when you have five field player subs. Right. And the fact that um, Paul Ariola said, I think last year I would be playing right now, but I'm not, just not up to fitness, I don't know. I, to me, it's still surprising that he doesn't make the trip, right? At least sit on the bench if we need him for 20 minutes at the end because we are very short. And to me, it's a, a little worrying because we're talking about the team learning the system and the way that Lasada wants to play depends upon a team being very familiar with one another. But we have an entire team that's on the injury list that's going to start cycling in one by one, right? So we're waiting. We keep saying we're waiting for the team to learn the system. We're waiting for the team to learn the system, but new people are going to come back and that's going to extend the amount of time it takes to learn the system. And I, I just yeah. wonder what's like in Lasada's back pocket to handle that.
2: Yeah. And I think if that practice continues, you know, into the fall and into next season where if you aren't hundred percent, you're not, you know, available for selection, I think We'll find that very frustrating. It may just be a question of sending a message saying you have to be top of your game to play for me. If you're Lasana, uh, you know we're still only three games in. It's it's still early, but uh yeah, if we still are carrying you know twelve people on the injured list, some with lesser injuries than others, uh, that will definitely. Uh, you'll have to start asking questions because it, it's a long season that you know people are going to have to, to play through some things. You can't just, you can count on having a hundred percent fitness across the board. Uh, and, you know, part of that's, you know, why they pay sort or they sort of look at the, the notes, why they pay the lot of the big bucks is to, to balance that and say, Hey, is 80% of, you know, one of your top players better than, you know, a hundred percent of a guy who maybe doesn't get as many minutes. Uh, that's part of the juggling act you, you have throughout the season.
1: It's interesting, and I don't want to say it's too much about this this weight thing, but I I think Lasada is pretty keyed in on that. If if you're not you're not meeting the standards, I, I know in England or in Europe you can like, you can be fined as a player for not meeting standards. Um, and I know they have a the little fine will now, but I, I think that's all like, a uh, little slap like a slap on the wrist kind of yeah. stuff. Not like your week's pay is gone because you are overweight <laughs> or that you didn't do the training that I told you you needed to do. Or you you know you didn't show up to your specialized program uh, I wonder if he's he's getting a little bit frustrated with that because we don't I don't think we have those same mechanisms here at NMLS uh, and so maybe that's a little bit like why these guys aren't getting playtime because they're they're not meeting the standard and I, I'm not mad about that uh, and I recognize that yeah we're probably better uh, with players some players at 80% versus you know the backups on 100 but uh, I think it speaks it's a good thing that he's pushing these players to be better and, and be, you know, better soccer players, but better athletes as well. And, and I think it's it's encouraging to me.
0: It sounds like he's pushing the professionals to be better as well. All well, the all the departments.
1: Yeah, that's that's that was uh that was pretty tough. And and we, we I mean we were talking to a coach after a four one loss, but uh, and he's got a whole team of players that are injured right now. That's that's pretty frustrating. I would not want to be. It's it's, a, it's an injury nightmare right now for DC United, and this is Lasada's first steps uh, with the club. It's tough.
0: Well, even injuries aside, he said the he basically said the players were left to their own devices over the off season, and they didn't have you know any type of training programs. And and I, I know they can't really like train as a team together, but one would think they still kind of get something from the team that says this is you know the like wait wait you need to be maintaining this is like your mile time obviously it's very superficial but I'm sure they have in other teams marks in the offseason that you need to make sure that you're still hitting I remember um oh shoot uh Chris Pontius I remember when Chris Pontius and Burnbomb were both playing on DC United together they posted on Instagram they were out on vacation and they were posting themselves doing their workouts and they were kind of joking about how their girlfriends at the time were having a like Video record them and go off and do other things, but they were very much working out and still, you know, maintaining that athleticism even during the off season. And from what Lasada just said, it sounded like that really wasn't the case this year.
1: Well, there wasn't a coach this off season, and we. would a still think time. though,
0: like that your your physio team and your assistant coaches, like they're still trying to keep the players in shape. Yeah, I,
2: think, I think it's a bit much to say that you know the guys were just sitting on their couches through the you know. Longer than normal off season, but uh, it's very clear that Lasada has a different standard for fitness and that it's higher than anything that we've seen in DC United in the recent history. And I think, okay. especially when you look at it coming into next year, you know, guys know that their BMI's are going to be up on the board and their coach <laughs> is going to lay into them for it. Uh, it it's just going to be a thing. You know, it's, it's obviously different for professional athletes who are out there you know, putting their body on the line, but it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a different thing. And you're still, again, very early in the season. You've only had a few weeks to get there. Uh, You know, hopefully the guys are responding to Losada letting them know that it's not where it needs to be right now.
0: Yeah. And I do think that we saw some of those moments. I think we saw some good buildup some times, even when the buildup fell through that you could see what the players were getting at um and black you're right i mean we're, th- we're three games in two of the three games have been away one of them on the west coast it's tough you know any type of west coast travel is tough so i think there are positives to draw from this game
1: yeah i, th- I think Arnon was pretty spot on where it, it could have gone either way but you know the moments of the match didn't go our way and, he said
0: that last game too he said like essentially that quote last game
1: and uh, I think that's a little bit up to the players I, I think maybe a little bit up to the tactics we'll see uh hopefully it gets better
0: <laughs> yeah Black what do you <sighs> think as I pull up the next thing
2: yeah you know I think you know we, we, we've covered Lasada's uh comments in depth uh and to be fair you yeah, know we, we've focused on a lot of the negatives that he brought out uh because You know, there's going to be a lot of negatives in the game. You lose 4-1, but it was not entirely. He was not entirely down on the team. He was very much, you know, struck me as a guy who, you know, saw things he wanted to work on, saw things that he liked. Uh, He's going to be communicating that to the team during the week. Uh, But we're definitely going to focus on those few little sound bites that pop out and uh, uh, really kind of sit front of mind. But you know, he like he said, there were many, many positive things. Uh, at least from his mind, and I hope that they find a way to build on those.
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, when you look at the stat sheet, he's absolutely right. This one has DC United winning possession, um, which is rare when you're the away team, right? And interestingly, neither team had an offside, um, which I don't think you see very often. Um, But I think we can move forward. I had pulled up DC United's Twitter because I was going to try to find who their man of the match was, And I don't see it up, and I don't think they did one last game either, so we might have to contact BC United and see what's up with that.
1: I think they might have given it to Breon, but I know that we did not do a man of the match last week. Yeah, Uh, we we definitely
0: forgot. Uh, We didn't forget. We definitely talked about it afterwards. We forgot to do it on air, though. So I'm going to turn it to Joshua first. Um, Who is your man of the match for tonight? (sighs)
1: I'll give it to Alfaro by default. I don't think he had a particularly good game. I thought his yellow card was kind of silly. He made some bad choices, but everyone else on DC United made bad choices tonight. Uh, I thought, uh, shouts to Nyman for having a, what is this, a season debut for him? Or no, he got a couple minutes, but it's his first start of the season. Um, But I think he kind of failed in implementing himself into the system, and that kind of hurt DC United, so I'm not going to give him my mana match. I'm going to stick with Alfaro. All
0: right, Black?
2: Uh, before I get into the man of the match, I, I do want to point out uh I, I missed as we were setting up for the uh the, the show here that Kamari Smith did get in for that last five minutes or so for Moses. Yeah. Uh, Wait,
0: what? I totally missed yeah. that too. Okay.
2: <laughs> so yeah, all... he, he did get a little bit of that garbage time, but clearly did not stick out in our minds. But yeah, I do want yeah. To give him credit for getting out there at least for a little bit. Um, so for, for me, my man of the match has little to do with the performance today although i do think he was fairly solid and i know that we've got some listeners who will hate me for this but uh the, the the story that felipe has after you know having a major injury uh last august september and uh the work that he's put in to come back You know, we heard a little bit during the uh press conference this week him talking about taking photos and videos every day so he remembered working through the process and then to get out there today and you know really a guy who's seems to be taking a leadership role uh like he said slotting backhand like he never left you know he's the guy going out to talk to the media and after a 4-1 <laughs> yeah. loss uh so i gotta give him a lot of credit and for that he's my man of the match but i'll give a shout out to Moses as well because uh, there was not a huge drop off to have him come in yeah. uh you know he definitely saved a goal there and uh overall played you know, fairly well for what we'd expect from
1: him. Yeah. I, I like that shot. And I, I do like the emphasis on, on his, on his, how he's handled it. He, he basically in the press conference is like, I'm back now. I don't want to talk about it. We're, we're here now. I liked it.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give my man of the match to Felipe. I was thinking about during the game and yeah, kind of going through the roster and everyone just kind of made me mad. I was disappointed with everyone's performances, but, uh, Felipe did go out there and do good stuff. And yeah, the storyline, um, it's it's been interesting you know the the interviews we've been able to conduct with players and the press conferences we've been able to listen to um that every player kind of approaches injuries a little bit differently right some of them want to talk about the process they want to be really open about it some of them continue talking about it afterwards they use it as motivation some of them don't want to talk about you know it's it's all very different and felipe's mindset is very much yep that's over and never want to think about it again i'm back let's just keep going and um i mean right on right like let's keep going and let's let's do better next game um and black also thank you for pointing out that smith did make it in the game Um, we were setting up at the end of the game um kind of glancing up but i guess we just missed that sub um i would argue that five minutes is probably not enough time to even touch the ball the way we were playing at the end of that second half. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a forward, right? It, you need minutes to get there. But uh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, I will do our weekly shout out to across the pond. Um, we love going there and encourage everyone to. I'm not sure if our um, promo code podcast still works, but you can you can try it. Um, couldn't get out there for tonight's game because of COVID restrictions. DC is. Um, I think you're not allowed to serve past midnight, so yeah. it is now almost 2 a.m. Clearly that was not a move we were able to make. Um, but if you can this week, get out there, go to ATP. They're more than willing to put any soccer game on, really. Um, and I would encourage you to ask for your- Brian as your server. <laughs> He's my younger brother, so everyone go and give him a little bit of nonsense for me. Give him a little love for me. Yeah. Um, All right. Anything else from you all on the game before we wrap up and look ahead?
1: No, let's move on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Flack, anything else? Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. So looking forward, I mean, I made the comment that it's 2 AM. We had the late night game uh, this Saturday, now Sunday, but next week we've got the early afternoon game. Um, We are playing on Saturday, May 8th at 1 30 PM at Columbus. And I know we're super excited about it because three of the four of us, unfortunately, Black can't join. But Joshua, John, and I will be at that game. We are very excited. Why'd you give me that
3: look?
1: Yeah. And we we got some work to do. We're going to figure out how we're going to bring the show live from Columbus, but uh we probably w- we definitely will have a show for you guys whether it's just like a facetime that or a group chat that you all get invited to. no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, we'll we'll figure something out and we'll put it out on twitter and, and and get it out there there'll be lots of shouting in a parking lot <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> yes exactly yeah might not be as as immediately <laughs> after the final whistle as we typically like to get, do but uh josh was right we will definitely have a show so just look out on social media for that Um, Columbus will be coming off their second leg of CCL um, and they have had two ties this season in MLS and just, oh, I'm sorry, today they tied Montreal. Um, So Black pointed out earlier that kind of all the CCL teams are struggling a little bit in MLS. You can definitely see the toll it's taking on them. Um, They are playing against Monterey and they have a 2-2 aggregate against Monterey, but Monterey has the away goals, yeah, so, so they have to go in and win that game. It um, should
1: be a good chance for D.C. United to strike and, and, and come away with some points there in Columbus. I'm excited for it, especially since we'll, we'll be there.
0: Absolutely. The Monterey game is someday this week. Should have looked up exactly what day. Uh, do either you know off the top of your head?
1: Oh, no. I don't follow the crew schedule that well, but normally the cap games are Wednesday or Thursday.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right, so yes, absolutely a good opportunity to strike. Um, Zell Rayon will not be playing in CCL, so he will be fit for DC United's game. Definitely something to keep an eye on, um, but we are looking forward to that. Looking at some other teams we are affiliated with, uh, Loudoun United play at Miami FC, I guess, later today at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> on Sunday. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. And then Washington Spirit are unfortunately out of the Challenge Cup Um, So it's going to be a little while before I guess not a little while only a couple weeks before we see them they will be playing on May 16th versus Orlando. So I think that wraps it up for us. (laughs) My brain's getting a little fuzzy with the late hour anything else you want to either of you want to put in before we wrap up for tonight.
2: I gotta say that I have a whole new respect for DC United Kingdom for uh, (laughs) watching most of the games at a similar hour I don't know how he does it and. I think he watched this one and joined us in the chat as well. So shout out to you, sir. uh, (laughs) This is is rough.
0: I think it's what, 5 or 6 a.m. for him right now? It's about
1: 7 now. but (laughs) but Normally it's, yeah. Uh, But yeah, thanks. And hopefully this is the only time I can ever tell you guys have a good morning.
0: Yeah, so with that, um, we'll, ra- we'll wrap it up for the night. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us live. Go get a good night's sleep. To everyone who uh, listened later on the podcast, we appreciate the listen. Uh, give us a follow on social media, and we will talk to you all soon um, on Tried and True, the DC Noted post-game podcast presented by Heineken.